0: Welcome to Independence Title's podcast, What's Your Point? The Texas real estate podcast that gets to the point. This is your host, Kama Robertson, and I'm the Vice President of Education here at Independence Title. My team and I provide valuable real estate education across the state of Texas. In fact, you might have been in one of our fantastic CE classes or attended an event where one of us has presented. But we're not just about the education. Independence Title is Texas's premier title and escrow company. We're locally grown and nationally strong. If you haven't already had the opportunity to close a transaction with Independence Title, we invite you to give us a try. We deliver services and solutions that are timely and customized to your particular transaction. So, enough about me and Independence Title. Let's talk about the podcast before we're joined by our guest. I wanted to create this podcast as a way to address important topics in an informative manner. Let me remind you how each episode will work. I will have different guests on each episode, and these guests will be subject matter experts. And we'll discuss their subject matter. At the end of the conversation, I'll ask my guests the important question and the title of this podcast, what's your point? And they'll have about five minutes to sum up their point about the topic we discussed. Okay, let's get started with today's episode. Our topic today is fraudulent transactions, specifically fraudulent sellers. There's been a huge uptick in these transactions involving fake sellers, and I want to give sort of a preliminary disclosure here. And mentioned that you might find today's episode to be a little bit vague or you might listen and feel like, wow, I kind of need more information on this. And that's actually intentional. We certainly don't want to use this platform to create a roadmap for the bad guys so that they can just go and improve their fraud skills. So my goal today is just to get some overall messaging out to the real estate community. And here to help me with that today is our amazing guests. I have Karen Burnett. She's the Senior Vice President of Escrow here at Independence Title. And I also have Kara Hubbard. She's the Assistant Escrow Manager. So we're currently in the process of giving them some additional titles. We're gonna call them the fraud fighters (laughs) because they're on the front lines dealing with these issues on a daily basis. So Karen, I'm gonna start with you. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what we've been seeing over the past month or so?
1: You know, in the past six to eight weeks, we have seen—I don't even know a percentage of how many deals we are reviewing right now that potentially have a fraudulent seller involved, and we are reviewing them daily. Kara and and myself and our group review dozens of them daily from our teams and. So far in the last six weeks, we've identified at least 20 actual contracts that we know we had a fraudulent seller involved on. So it is something that has just exponentially increased it very recently. And it's something that we are um, very much paying attention to and digging in deep on once we get those contracts in our door.
2: And I'll I'll add that, you know, six weeks ago, it looked a lot different than it does right now. And like Kema mentioned, we don't want to give all of the details, uh, but the fraudsters are getting better. It has definitely evolved. They're providing more information. Um, They just they understand real estate now. It seems like they understand what they're doing.
1: And and I would I would add to that point it, exactly, Kara. We have seen an evolution over the last six weeks of practices by these fraudulent sellers. And there is no doubt in our mind that they have somebody in this group of people who has a real estate background, they've got a title background, they've probably got some sort of legal background because the 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 sophistication is growing and it it didn't look this same way six weeks ago and has just continually you know to say daily is a little dramatic, but almost daily we learn something new. So it is something that is continuing to evolve and we are we are working very hard to stay out in front of it.
0: Well, wow, that it I think. You know, and I I think it's important for the listeners to really kind of understand that, that this is going on. I think, you know, there was always part of this little like, oh, this could happen here or there, but we didn't really pay attention to this. And I know, Karen, when we had talked before in some other conversation, you mentioned how we all sort of got a little comfortable with these kind of arm's length transactions and stuff like that over COVID, where it was like, oh, we'll just docusign people's stuff and never see them and, you know, things like that. But um, and maybe that's been part of this evolution of of where this is happening more.
1: To your point, I think for all kinds of reasons that we can all agree about, COVID relaxed our sense of direct communication with people. And we did a lot of things remotely. We did a lot of things sight unseen. We did a lot of things through DocuSign and and remote um, and mobile notary remote platforms. But. I think we need to roll back to getting back in touch with people directly. And I would say on on the the files that we've seen, and we had one just as recently as yesterday, the, the listing agent confessed she had only had communication with this potential seller via DocuSign. And there was no effort made by this fraudulent seller to make any kind of direct contact with her. All of their communication was by text. And so, you know, that just God right it. there, it should make you feel like something doesn't feel right. And if something doesn't feel right, it probably isn't. And so I think that's the best thing I can say is, is just think, yeah. think back to technology is great. And I love it. And we use it a lot. But they I think there are just some old-fashioned practices we might want to get back to, and that's have a conversation with someone. And if your red flags or your, your your warning signs feel like they're going up, then that's probably a sign.
0: Yeah, that's so true. I can't remember who said this you know <laughs> earlier, but you kind of have like a dating analogy where it's like, hmm, um, if there's red flags, they're you know, they're not probably going away. Don't, yeah, don't take that. a blind eye to it, just so you can get in the
2: relationship and stay in it.
0: <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly right. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. Yeah. If you have a gut feeling that there's there's um, something just doesn't sit right, something doesn't seem right, I think they should absolutely visit with their broker um, and coworkers. And, and if they still think that something's not right, then they reach out to their closer and run it by them before they have a listing agreement signed.
0: Yeah, I mean, I do think in a perfect world, you know, I mean, we're 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 combating a lot of this at the title company, like Karen said, you know, daily basis, whatever. Um, but really, it shouldn't even be getting to the title company to some extent, you know. I think um, there's not a lot of agents or brokers that want to be in this position, and I feel like that there's probably got to be some best practices on the front end where you know these listings aren't even you know, being put on the market um, when the buyers aren't even, you know, getting involved in transactions with, you know, fraudulent sellers. Um, I think it, like you said, Karen, it's hard because I mean, I think there are some best practices and things like that that can happen, but I think that's where you've got to really, you know, come up with what works best and and kind of checks and balances for for your transactions, get with your brokers, um, talk to your teams, that kind of thing to really kind of figure out how you're gonna vet these listings um and not end up, you know, selling someone's property had who had no intention of selling their property.
2: Yeah. And one thing I'll share too, Kema, is um I have spoken to two listing agents and one of them was yesterday and to let them know that they were working uh, with fraudulent sellers that we had confirmed were fraudulent. Um, And, and one of the listing agents, he said the real seller contacted him and said, I'm the one that actually owns that property. You're working with a fraudulent seller. And he argued with her and said, until you show me proof, you are who you say you are. I'm not canceling this contract. And she didn't want to send him Proof because she already thought her identity had been compromised and she didn't right. know. The man, uh so she didn't want to send him anything. And I don't blame her. Um, but I think that if you are, are contacted by somebody that says I'm the real owner, then it's time to start doing some homework. Don't think that um, that person is not telling the
0: truth. Yeah, great point. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Okay, so ladies, I think what also might be helpful is to talk about what are some of the red flags that we have seen when these fraudulent transactions are, are, are coming to us? The contracts that we've received that
2: we've confirmed had fraudulent sellers. Um, all of them had these things in common. They had um, sellers that didn't live, that most of them lived out of state. Uh, So far, they've all been vacant land contracts. Um, The majority of them have not had any liens against the property. Uh, We did have one that the fraudulent seller provided us with a release. um, And we mentioned earlier how it's starting to evolve. Uh, So they're giving us documents to clear the liens on the property. Uh, Most of the sellers have owned these properties from the 70s, 80s, 90s. So uh, they've had them for a very long time. So the sellers um, are, most of the time, they're unwilling to talk on the phone. They only like to communicate by email or text. But again, that has evolved. And now the uh, fraudulent sellers are speaking uh, to agents over the phone. They're speaking to our team over the phone. Uh, so we really have to, to pay attention to the information that they're providing us. And pay attention to the voice. Does it line up uh, with the age Uh, that they provided you with the information that uh, they've provided the title company.
0: All right. Well, I think we've come to the time in our conversation where I'm going to ask you that important question. And I I almost, I can guess, I think I almost am able to guess what your point is. (laughs) But um, ladies, what's your point today?
1: Well, my point would be that if you feel like something is not right, it's probably not. That's my point. And it bears further investigation.
2: I agree with Karen a hundred percent. If it doesn't feel right, then you got to start asking questions because you're going to get yourself in deep and you're going to start working on something um, and then find out in a couple of weeks that it's a fraudulent seller or within a couple of days. You would rather know before you get the listing agreement signed that you have a fraudulent seller before you've put in a couple of weeks worth of time and effort.
0: Awesome. So ladies, what I'm hearing is agents and brokers need to be proactive about verifying the identities of sellers. And if they have any weird feelings or think something's just not right or too good to be true, then follow their instincts. So um, I can't thank you both enough for being my guest today and helping me get some valuable information out to the real estate community. Thank you for being part of Independence Titles podcast, What's Your Point, hosted by me, Kema Robertson. If you like what you've heard, subscribe to What's Your Point on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and get new episodes as they become available. Thanks again for listening and make it a great day.